This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Good to see you. Thanks, Brian. Good to see you. Yeah, so we're going to we're gonna dive right into this topic. Um, let me encourage you to write us, though, if you have any questions or ways that we can serve you. Go visit our new website, practicalshepherding.com. We just launched a, a, a new website that we're real excited about. And so, Jim, we want to dive right into this uh, topic, and we want to talk about cynicism, really, in the ministry and how that can grip pastors sometimes. But I want you to kind of explain what you mean by that. This is a topic you mentioned to me that that I know a lot of pastors struggle with in the just the challenges and difficulties of ministry. But what do you mean when you talk about cynicism in the ministry, Jim? Yeah, thanks, Brian. Uh, what I'm talking about is, so a, a cynic does not look at, at any situation with hope. They they don't expect things to go well, and they they might say that again, this is based upon good reason. That you know this business, I might try this, but it's not going to work out. This business isn't going to work well. This endeavor is going to fail. Whatever it is, it's that kind of a it's that kind of a perspective. And I realized some years ago that this had come to infect me and affect me. Uh, at a at a rather fundamental level, mm. and it was actually through my own preaching that I came to uh, try, trying to decisively repent of, of this cynicism. Mm. And, and, and the way that it had manifested itself, Brian, was both publicly and privately, where I realized that I was determined to be faithful, that is, I was going to preach the text, I was going to bring the word, I was going to say what God wanted me to say, but I thought I was getting to the point where I thought to myself, it's not going to work, or it's not really going to do any good. So, mm-hmm. like I've met with this couple for for several years. They asked to meet again. I'm going to say the same thing. They're going to say the same thing, and then it's all just going to go back. And it's just all going to be the same. Yeah. I'm going to uh, I'm going to preach the gospel to sinners who are there, but you get to the point where you just don't expect. You know, they they have rejected it. They've rejected it 50 times. They're going to probably reject it 51. Here it goes. But I'm going to say it. I'm going to do it. But yet there's not that anticipation that the Word of God is going to, that today the Word of God is going to be powerful when you preach it or when you share it. So you go out, you know, with a fistful of tracks and you're going to go witness like some of our guys do at at the church, get a little loudspeaker and we're going to go to a public area and we're going to preach and I've done this and handed out the tracks and your general thought is everybody's just going to reject this yeah. you know or maybe a, a, a Christian's going to be happier there but for the most part people are not going to be glad they're not going to want to receive that so that's what I mean by cynicism yes yeah, so you know, it's it's opposed to a hope-based optimism yeah that says God's word's going to do something and you yeah. begin to feel after a time that no, probably not. Yeah, that's really helpful if you explain it that way. I know there's a ton of pastors listening to this, I'm sure, that have experienced what you're talking about. We all have at some point. The question is, some some of them may live there and not know how to get out of it. So let's kind of talk about how to – we want to diagnose it, but then we also want to think about what do we do about it. And right. The one passage that I'm thinking about as you, I hear you talk is I think about Paul's charge to Timothy in 2 Timothy. And the place we love to focus on is that preach the word. Right. And that that challenging passage of preach the word, do it in this way. And but but I think verse five is such a key passage in how we continue to do that 
in a sense, like you said, with a hopeful optimism, where he says, but as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. And then Paul goes on to talk about him finishing his course well and, and mm-hmm. challenging Timothy mm-hmm. to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, so this is an interesting situation, isn't it, that a lot of pastors find themselves in. They may be faithful to do the, the work and the task of it, but we just grow real cynical about whether God's going to work in any way. So how do we be, how does a pastor begin to evaluate is he discouraged by things? Is he truly reached this place of cynicism and and he has no, he he has he's unaware that he doesn't have any hope that God is going to work though he wants to stay faithful. How does a pastor you think begin to how did you evaluate that Jim and find it in your own life? Well, Brian, I, it came to me as a result of actually I was preaching through the book of Acts and I'd gotten to that section in Acts where Paul is uh, in chains in Caesarea. He's been there for months and months, and he is now going to make an appeal before Festus and Agrippa before he's sent on to Rome. And it's in that passage, you know, this is where Agrippa says, you know, uh, would you and so, you know, you almost persuade me to be a Christian, or yeah. in such a short time would I persuade you to be a you know, would you persuade me to be a Christian, however you interpret it. And, and Paul makes the statement, you know, whether in short time or long, I, you know, basically, yes, I, I would that all men would be as I am except for these chains. And it struck me that here's Paul preaching the gospel to the least likely people in the world to receive it. You know, they're, they're part of the noble, the mighty, the, the wise that Paul says not many are chosen. Uh, they're, one, they're, they're, they're noblemen. They're, one is kind of attached to Judaism. The other is a, is a, is a Roman. The preaching of the, of the cross is a scandal or it's foolishness. He's in prison for crying out loud, mm-hmm. you know, wearing chains. And yet he had a hope. He had a, he had a hope. And, and, and here is a man who had been beaten down, literally beaten, beaten down, thrown in prison, uh, trouble after trouble from kinsmen, from his own countrymen, from, uh, from the Gentiles, from the Jews, uh, trouble on land, on sea, and all of these different things. And yet I recognize that he still approached his task with hope, even even when it had been rejected, and often it was rejected, and even when there were few who believed, and sometimes there were only few who believed, it, it, that didn't matter. He knew that that God's word was powerful. He knew the Spirit was active, and that the Spirit used that word. And he knew that any time he brought that word, that it could be used either in the salvation or the further transformation and sanctification of a saint. And I recognize that while I was determined, Brian, that I was going to be faithful and I was going to fear God and how I exegeted a text, I was going to say the hard things, I had just lost my hope that it was going to do good. And it had been, and again, that had just happened circumstantially. Uh, It had been so long, so many months or whatever, since someone had professed faith I was seeing people continue to struggle in the same old way, uh, and I had lost that sense of, of hope and confidence that has a resiliency even when there is, I don't know what term, I don't want to use, I'm tempted to use the word apparent failure, because I, I as a preacher, not only wanted to be faithful, I wanted to be effective. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to just preach the gospel. I wanted someone to get converted. I didn't want to just 
preach to a weary believer. I wanted them to be encouraged. You know that, and when that second part didn't happen, which really is not my part, right? That's the Holy Spirit's part, and that He sometimes is working on a different timetable than I am. Uh, I had to repent of that cynicism because ultimately it was directed against God and His Word and His Spirit. Because that's His and, work that He and, does, right. right? And then also having a ba- you know at times a bad attitude toward the people you're preaching to, like what's wrong with you? Why aren't you, you know, receiving this? And and so that's how the Lord began to work and 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 bring about. And I actually publicly confess that uh, to mm-hmm. the congregation uh, and, and, and sought to repent of that as a sin. It, it almost seems like then the place to start, pastor's listening to this, and he's like, wow, am I at that place? The place to start then is to just an honest evaluation, be self-aware of where you are in your ministry, and just ask yourself the question, am I, am I hopeful that God's going to do what he wants to do with this, whether it's what I want him to do, Am I hopeful that he's going to work, or am I am I not hopeful? Am I cynical about this? And to just begin to to think about your own ministry and the way you the way you're approaching it, and that that's really the place to start to try to evaluate. Yeah, I think so. You know, and and this is I, I must say, I'm not the first one to deal with this. You know, Paul wrote to the Galatians in these really fascinating words. He says, "Do not grow weary while doing good, yeah. for in due time you will reap if you do not faint." And this is exactly what he's addressing, is that somebody's striving to do good, and in the striving to do good, it's not producing immediately the kind of fruit they want to see produced. And I think he deals with it as well in uh, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight: be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And then he gives that, that, that really pastorally based, wise based, knowing that your toil is not in vain in in the Lord. Why does he phrase it that way? He phrases it that way because he's talking to people that kind of knew, but, you know, they they might have been able to articulate, but emotionally they had forgotten that. Emotionally they were at the place where they thought this labor is in vain. It's in vain. It's in vain. You know, if what I'm trying to see is I'm an evangelist with no converts, I'm a you know, and and how does that not feel like that's in vain? You bring up an interesting point with both those passages because in both of them embedded is an implication that you can grow weary doing good then. Right, right. You you can do this work and feel like it's in vain. Right. So, which is, which again, I think every pastor, if you're in the ministry long enough, you have experienced this kind of weariness. And so the question then is, then, okay, let's say, Jim, I mean, you identified it. You recognize it. You acknowledged it to the church. Maybe that's the place to to start once you recognize. It. But what can we do to practically to to help ourselves to try to pull ourselves out of that cynical place that once we recognize that we're there? Well, Barna, I, th- I think again, go back to First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight, and then in Galatians six, I think it's verse nine, is that there has to be. You have to. You do have to continue to do what you're doing. Is that you don't? The temptation can be to change what you're doing and 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 to say, okay, the word isn't doing it, and therefore I have to result to emotional and and, and manipulation. Or, you know, we got to get a a, a new band in. If we got we got to change up the music, we got to change up. Rather than being driven to prayer and the word and to believe the word and spirit directed by prayer have always been God's means for the salvation 
and sanctification of God's people. So that again, so he says, be steadfast, be immovable, and always abound in the work of the Lord. And, and so we have to begin with that, Lord. I'm gonna, I am going to be, I'm gonna continue to strive to be faithful. And then I think the recognition of it, and this is again a spiritual matter, is that we have to recognize that doing what we do, I plant, we, you know, Apollos watered, it's God that brings the increase, is that I'm not God, and I cannot manipulate the increase. I cannot, anything I do to try to make it look like fruit's been born that's not the fruit of the Spirit is at best going to be to, to produce an Ishmael rather than wait for God's Isaac. And, yeah. and you know, so you, you have to be careful to say, uh, this is this is God's word, and this is what I have come to week by week. God, this is your word. It is powerful. It will it will do. This is your promise. It will accomplish every purpose or until you send it. And sometimes, you know, God uses different men at different times with different gifts with different successes. There may be times when we are called to be like Isaiah. Where Isaiah's calling, you know, you, 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 you go to Isaiah 6, and it's all that wonderful, beautiful part, and he says, you know, who will we send? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. And then there's the description of what his ministry is going to be, and that is that people are going to hear, are going to listen and not hear. They're going to behold with their eyes, but they're not going to see. And that is he's going to have a ministry that's going to have very little fruit, and, and Isaiah's then cries out and he says, "How long, O Lord?" Yeah, uh, it's very discouraging. But that's what he's called to do: is to be faithful in the midst of that and leave the results of what his ministry is with God. And of course, part of that ministry exists now, two thousand seven hundred years later. Yeah, and I think a big part. If you're a pastor listening to this and you battle this kind of cynicism that Jim is describing, and I think we can we can mentally understand. Okay, well, that's the work that God does, and but the reality is. If we're being faithful to do what God's called us to do, and we grow cynical or discouraged because the results are not coming like we want, it's it's summarized in one of two things are happening. Either we don't believe God's working in my faithful work, mm-hmm. or we don't like what God's doing. Mm-hmm. And either way, both are things that are out of our control, that they're completely left up to God with what he wants to do with our labors. And I think... That's the important, been the important piece for me. When I would grow cynical in this way or, or discouraged that I wasn't seeing what I wanted to see, mm. I had to remind myself, number one, this I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and God's going to do what he wants. And when I'm discouraged, a lot of times, it's God's not doing what I want him to do. So a lot of times, it's a checking the expectation. I, there's not one year that has gone by that I've been a pastor that I wish we didn't see more baptisms every year. Right, people coming to Christ, and like every pastor can articulate things that we wish we saw more. Those things are what lead to the cynicism until we recognize. But that's that's God's. I got to make sure I'm faithful to do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And the hopeful optimism you're talking about really is linked to faith. Right, it's faith that God's truly going to do what He's promised to do, and and that's the things we really have to check in. I think in our soul when we when we grow uh, discouraged. Two quick things I would mention. That uh, that is important in this conversation. There's two indicators of fatigue for me: cynicism and loneliness. Hmm. When I feel loneliness and I feel cynical towards the results of the work I'm doing, mm. oftentimes I have to ask myself: Am I weary to a point 
where I've got to step back and, and take a break of some kind. And a lot of times, so I want to throw that out there. A lot of times the cynicism comes as a result of just the piling on of difficulty that comes with the ministry. And if, you, if you're not caring for yourself, if you're not getting breaks, if you're not resting, which we talked about recently in a podcast even, then that can, I think, I find that can just feed the cynicism. So if you're experiencing that, like you recognize, okay, I, yeah, I, I'm cynical towards this. And yes, I know that God's the one that does it, but, but my heart's not changing towards it. It could be a fatigue thing. It could be just a, a weariness right. that comes from it. So Jim, any, any final thought on how to help someone move away from the cynicism into a hopeful optimism once they recognize that they have it? Yeah. I, I think, Brian, one of the things I, I think I'm want to phrase it this way, that we need to ensure that our our hope is is rooted more in Bible than in biography. And, and, and what I mean by that is yeah. we read these biographies of guys that went in and, and you know, 5,000 people get converted. And, you know, those are the guys that write books about. They don't write generally write books about the guy who's just the ordinary workhorse uh, who I think it was um, Carey that said, William Carey, who said, I can plod. Yeah. And, and and yet, you know, we didn't hear a lot the, about those seven years before he had one comp. To what right. level of discouragement did he have during those right. times? Right, yeah. and, and and again, we we are most of us, most of the guys listening to this podcast are plotters, yeah, bivocational. We're in small church, relatively small churches, and and we 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 faithfully plod. And the Bible teaches us that you know the the the, the work of the kingdom of God. Jesus describes it and uses illustration after illustration that it's quiet, it's silent, it's slow. And and you've used the phrase, Brian, which I've appreciated. You said something like, you know, just because God's word is powerful doesn't mean it, it acts quickly. And which is to say that, you know, it's it's okay if somebody's not converted the first time they hear. Mm-hmm that what we're doing is that the work of the kingdom sometimes is like yeast and mm-hmm. it 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 takes time and it's working itself in and i've mentioned the times when you're you're kind of cynical or disappointed that somebody's in the same condition it appears year after year but you know what actually they're not and that as the result of 52 times a year of hearing the word of god or 100 times or more a year of hearing the word of god God's word is working slowly, and He is He is at work. He has begun. If they're converted, He has begun a good work, and He is going to complete that work. Mm-hmm. and And that's again what I think you need to look at and have that sense of hope. Uh, Lewis C.S. Lewis made the statement once something of, of the effect of that if we could see the lowest, or maybe he used the word the meanest member of our church, if we could see what they will be in glory. If we could have a glimpse of that now, we would be tempted to worship them. Mm. And what God is going to make them, what God is going to do, all the things we desire God to do in them is yeah. going to happen in them, and that we have a part in that to play uh, by our faithfulness. And yeah. so he says, so be steadfast, be immovable. Those are those are words given to men in the midst of where, where they're tempted to deviate right. as a result of the hardship or disappointment of expectation. That's that's why you you talk to men like that. You talk to men running in marathons like that. You yeah. don't use that language when you're sitting on a bed of ease. Yeah. But be sober minded, endure hardship, do the work of, of evangelism, fulfill right. your that's, ministry. That's ministry. Like, like that's it's interesting that whether it's that or it's First Corinthians that you were mentioning. 
this is the theme that Paul, as he's instructing people who are laboring in the Lord, that this is the plotting that goes with it and that we should not grow mm-hmm. weary in that. So what the last thing I want to say before I pray for each of you who are listening to this is that um, we need if you are battling this kind of system, and again, I talked to a lot of you guys who are battling that because a lot of you are in hard situations where you're not seeing a lot of visible results, and that makes it, the work even harder. I want to encourage you to to reach out to somebody to talk to them. If you're in that place, a lot of times it's not a place you can just pull yourself out of. You need help with people supporting you and encouraging you, giving you perspective on your ministry. You need people to speak truth to you. So let me encourage you to reach out to people who you know. And let them know what, where you are and how you're struggling and talk to them about it. Let them, let them encourage you uh, in the things you need to hear that might help you pull, pull you out of that. So let me pray for you in that way. Lord, we're grateful that you are with us and that you work through us and in us in all of our ministry. You are faithful to all your promises to us. So, Lord, we ask that you would help us to do our part, help us to be faithful in the work you've called us to. And, Lord, help us to have faith that you will indeed do the work to build your church in whatever way you see fit in each of our ministries. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.